Well, um, right now, I want to invite up Steve and Janice Hetrick. Um, a lot of you know Steve and Janice. They've been a part of our church, I want to say close to five years. Is that right? I think right when I came on staff, you guys were transitioning over into this church as well. And in COVID time, transition's been happening like crazy, right? Like everybody has somebody in their life that's like differences are happening and moving and all these things. And this is the story for Steve and Janice. They're actually um, moving in about a week, um, and they have a cool God story, but he's going to be a chaplain at a hospital down in Boise, Idaho, at St. Luke's Hospital, so, which is actually where I had my hand surgery at when I was like 17 years old, cool. so you're going to be at the hospital where I have now a robotic arm, everyone, just saying. No, it's... Cooper Jensen Hallway? No, 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 no. But um, I want to I give just you a, a little bit of time just to kind of talk about what's happening. And then we as a church, I thought it'd be so cool to pray over them. And then at home, um, for you to be praying for them as well, we're going to just you know, extend a hand through the TV screen, um, but just to pray over them and just what they're doing. So why don't you guys just share a little bit, then we'll pray for you guys. So I thought I would start by sharing with you that um, you probably don't know this, but I was going to share with the woman in March, and I had prepared for two and a half months, and one week before the event, we had COVID, so my talk was canceled, and my first thought was to be relieved because I'm really nervous, <laughs> but God appears to have um, made a story, and maybe someday I'll come back to finish the story. Um, we have been involved in several small groups, and in 2018, I will never forget Julie Martin sharing in her group that they've been here a long time, and they are waiting for God's marching orders. Until God gave marching orders, they weren't going anywhere, and that kind of stuck with us, with me especially, and so I felt like, okay, that's important to think in those terms, and up until... Um, the beginning of this year, we kind of had that mindset, and then my husband has a story to tell about how he moved beyond that, but it looked like up until about the middle of July, he was on track to be a federal prison chaplain in Tucson, Arizona, and we were kind of toying with that, and then I got notice that my job at Eastern had been eliminated along with a lot of other people, and so kind of we were free to go, and up until the middle of July, we thought that's what we were happening, so our house was ready to go, and then um, I forgot my phone. Can you grab my phone for me? I have a verse I have to share. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, in the middle of July, when we heard that, my husband said, um, I still think that we should be moving, and I want to move to Boise. And I said, I've never been there before. I think I would like to go there first to see. And when we were there, I have to share this verse that um, one of uh, my sisters in Christ sent to me. It's from Psalm 20 in the message version, starting in verse 5. When you win, we plan to raise the roof and lead the parade with our banners. May all your wishes come true. That clinches it. Help's coming and answers on the way. Everything's going to work out. So this is part of me raising the roof to share God's story because it is a miracle. Not even a month ago, we were traveling to Boise. I'd never been there before. We didn't know what we were doing. And during that weekend, my husband miraculously secured a position, and he'll share that story 
at St. Luke's Hospital, and we found a place to live, and we have put our house on the market, and it is um, sold, we hope, <laughs> and um, less than a week from today, we will be loading up our moving van, and we will be driving to Boise, so I just want to praise God, because this whole thing is a miracle, and it was very clear to me that God was giving his marching orders, so I just had to share that, and I also had to share that Everything that I prepared to speak in March is in my heart. So I'm able to live it and walk it and hopefully, hopefully have an even more enriched testimony to tell someday. Because I don't have a job yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, the people who have represented leadership in this church have ministered to us even before we began here at the church. Um, Jay Martin was one of the first people we met because my daughter wanted to run in cross country when he was still the coach there. Um, we live on a street with the Karen and Craig Triplett across the street from Tim and Amy Meyer and down the street from Elsa and Conrad. And um, each of these has been a blessing in our life. When we began to seriously allow the the church to minister to us, really, through the life groups, through Rooted, uh, where we met Jason and Jill, um, in the men's group, where I had met Chad, where I met uh, John Marshall, and just many others. It, it had, the ministries of this church have been a blessing in this community and have power in this community. Um, I love the Kidder mission, right? This week and last week, you know, we are, we are where the kingdom of God and heaven meet. And it's been such a joy to see that happen. The church has prayed um, regarding seven spheres, seven realms that really create our, our culture. And one of those seven is healthcare. You think about it, and, and the healthcare um, component of what sort of creates our, our world uh, is so crucial, and there has been no time that it has been more present than in the last five months. So we as a church have been praying into that God's hand would be continuing to press into this area of healthcare. Many of you are involved in the healthcare uh, ministry. Um, and so I find myself going as a missionary into a hospital system, um, three or four different hospitals in, in the Boise area. And I feel a desperate need to be prayed for by this group of powerful saints, right? Um, because we want to be sent. We want to be able to experience your support as we walk into an area that needs um, perhaps as much as ever uh, the, the gospel in, in talking and walking with people through desperate times. Uh, so I was so appreciative of Coop and Mark when they, they said, hey, let's pray for you. And I said, yes, that's what we want. So um, keep us in your heart and prayer and mind. And uh, we look forward. We'll be able to share what's, what's happening. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so just briefly, we had about 48 hours in Boise, and literally on the way driving there, 
the Lord just laid on my heart that I should probably call St. Luke's Hospital and say, um, I know that the typical um, clinical pastoral education program has already started, but um, I'd like to at least inquire about it. And we're like about La Grande, Oregon, I think, you know, barely in cell range and, you know, but not only did the, the program secretary answer the phone, she said, oh, sure, we'll here's the director. I'll just get her on the line. I mean, I tried that to say Sacred Heart in Spokane about three months worth, and I never even got to the correct person. And, you know, the Lord did it in 30 seconds. And, uh, and then just in a 15-minute conversation on the highway, she said, we're really interested in, in maybe talking with you tomorrow. And so she arranged for the team. She said, it just so happens that uh, tomorrow we're interviewing for the positions and placement in the residency for our chaplains. <laughs> so, so by 3 o'clock the next afternoon, I, I was invited to be a part of the program. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God doesn't move during COVID. He just doesn't, you know. He's kind of took, he's taking a time, he's taking a vacation. No, God is doing amazing things, so it's so good to hear that story, and I think it's a reminder that we overcome with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, so thanks for sharing what God's doing. Well, let's pray over you guys. Yeah. Sound good? If you want to extend the hand towards Steve and Janice, and at home, just extend the hand um, towards the, the, the screen, um, and just be in agreement of prayer um, over, over them and just this new mission field. So, Lord Jesus, we give you praise. Um, you work things in ways that we are always just amazed by, but you, you know, Lord, it is in your will, it is in your plan, and so we give you praise and thanks for that right now in Jesus' name. And, and Lord, as, as Steve was saying, going into a whole brand new mission field of healthcare that is in a really interesting situation where it's not just patients and families, but the, the nurses, the doctors who are really afraid and living in fear with just what's happening in their day-to-day. -day. And so, Lord, there is so much need and there's so much, um, I guess, just despair in this industry that needs light and needs care and needs love and your love, Jesus. And so use Steve and Janice in a very powerful way to bring that love to these situations, Lord, and to bring that truth that you have, Jesus. And, and I just reminded that, that Boise means the, the city of trees. And so, Lord, plant them plant their roots deep into that city, that they can be a beacon for people, that they are a strong, sturdy source, that they can just be a source of you, Lord, not in their own strength, but a source of your spirit for others, Lord Jesus. And so God, guide them in this next week of all of the craziness of, you know, all the finalization things when, when, when it comes to moving. And Lord, just have your favor in that, Lord Jesus. And um, God, we are going to miss them, but we know that you are going to use them in mighty, mighty ways. And so we pray this in your, in your name. Amen. Amen. Yes. It's a little card for you guys, too. Thank you so much for just serving in our church and doing so many good things. It's good stuff. <clears throat> all right. All right. Well, it has been a while since I have spoken I think it's been like almost three months, and I was even like in my house, filming between the nap schedule of my, at the time, eight-month-old. So yeah, so this is a little bit different, just saying. I'm not used to like, is he crying right now? Is it going to be on film? So, um, but yeah, it's going to be good. So we are in Acts chapter four, and um, we're in our series 
1 Corinthians, the church growing in truth and love. And also, I want to I just say this, and I want to make sure I have notes in my, in my message to acknowledge the people at home. I, we love you. We love that you are watching um, right now live stream um, at home. And even for us to kind of realize, so there's about 45 or so of us here in this room, so maybe about 15 households. Um, at home, we have between like 30 and 35 households watching at the same time. So maybe like another 70 or 80 people that are engaging during this service time. And then even after that, a bunch of people are watching too. So our, our church is united. Our church is growing together and our church is receiving together. Even though we're not physically together, we are. And so I want to just say hello to everyone at home. Um, and thanks for tuning in and thanks for being a part of what God is doing. Um, I also want to mention that uh, Pastor Mark and Kate, they're going to be gone for about three weeks on a very much needed and deserved vacation. They have been going so strong since this pandemic hit. And let me just say, I've been in ministry for a handful of years, and I've been in different ministries and worked with different pastors. We have a gift in Pastor Mark and Pastor Kate. They are the most loyal, dedicated, hardworking people who really put Jesus first, then also put people first, right? Like they, they just really live out that gospel. And so I thought in the heart of praying as a church that we just pray for them, that during the next couple of weeks that they have just moments to just refresh, to be renewed, and to really just allow the Holy Spirit to just give them what they need in this time. So when they come back and we're in the fall, we're kind of in the swing of things, that they are just ready to go with, with the Lord's vision. Sound good? Let's just pray for them right now. Lord Jesus, um, we are so blessed by our pastors, Mark and Kate, and Lord, just be with them right now during this vacation time, during this time of just rest, this time of just stepping away, Lord. Um, Holy Spirit, renew them. Give them just rest, Lord. Give them fresh vision, and um, God, we are, again, blessed by who they are and what they do in this community and in this church, and um, so, Lord, we just pray that you are just, yeah, just blessing them in this time. So, pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you have your journals, you can get those out right now because we're going to be in our week four, which is Corinthians chapter four, first Corinthians chapter four. And there's a little section called message notes. Um, so that's going to be where we're going to be at today. And then there's four more days of reading and reflecting, praying, memory verse, and all sorts of stuff. So I want to just encourage you guys to be using this journal. And again, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we've been starting to hear and listen Paul's heart for the church in Corinth. And he's really addressing some needed issues that the church was going through. And, and so far, we've seen um, Paul really hitting home this, this theme of the church needs to be unified. Not like in agreement on every little nuance, but unified under this main banner of Jesus, under this huge heading of it's all about God. He's also, and he hit this a lot in chapter two, saying, hey, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be listening to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead your lives. Because the church in Corinth right now is kind of in disarray. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of disunity. And there's a lot of just like, ugh, like what is going on? So Paul is getting these reports and he's hearing things. And he's like, man, they're there's some stuff that we need to address, that we need to make note of and get them back in line with to what the Holy Spirit has for them and their ministry. And it's probably not a shocker 
that even right now in our culture, there's some direct application that we can apply that Paul is talking about to the church in 1 Corinthians. Now, it's not the exact same application, but super, super similar. If you're at home right now watching, you probably logged on through Facebook or maybe through YouTube. And usually on Facebook, you have your whole entire like social media feed. On YouTube, you have like these suggested videos. And I feel like right now there's so many like divisive articles being shared or videos where it's basically like, if you don't think this way, then you're a demon. And you're like, what? Like, what, what is going on? Like, these posts and things are very rarely unifying. They're mostly divisive. They're mostly kind of pitting people against each other of saying, you better think this way or that way. And it's not bringing others together. And again, Paul is writing to a similar situation. Obviously, they didn't have Facebook or social media 2,000 years ago. But what, what we're seeing is the church in Corinth with the new Gentile believers, they were fairly prideful in what they had as opinions and what they thought was right and what they wanted to do as a church. They were stepping away from Paul's instructions to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. And they were going with, well, this is my opinion. This is what's comfortable. This is what I want to do. So we're going to go that way. And then they started fighting about their opinions, saying, well, your opinion's dumb because it doesn't follow like what Paul said. It doesn't follow what Apollo says or this leader or that leader. And they start having this infighting, this infighting. So Paul is addressing all of these things. So as we come here into chapter 4, he's also bringing in what he started at the end of chapter 3. As a reminder, Paul is just writing one big letter. He didn't write the chapter headings or anything like that. That's us making it more palatable to read. So he's continuing a thought, and he's bridging this, 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 uh, this conversation, and he's bringing in correction about what and who the church in Corinth was building their wisdom on. And they were building their wisdom on their human leaders, people that they thought were almost like God. And he was like, no, 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 no. Like, you got to build it on the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's going to give the truth. He's the one who reveals the truth, who reveals the mysteries of God. So he's correcting them again back into this place. Now, something that's also good to remember in this context is in the church, they don't have Bibles during this time. They don't have any written word to really go back to. When Paul was with them for a while as their like church plant pastor, he was a Pharisee, so he knew the Old Testament. He knew scripture. By his teenage years, he would have had to recite by memory, orally, the first five books of the Bible, so the Torah, the major and minor prophets, and the book of Psalms. He had all those things in memory. So he was like a literal living Bible of like the Old Testament. So he was giving them direction, but he's also saying like, hey, the Holy Spirit who is now living in you because you are Christ's followers, God's Spirit's within you, he's going to reveal truth. He's going to lead you. He's going to direct you. So you have to be listening to this. You need the Holy Spirit. But they were not doing that. The church in Corinth was like, no, we're going to go with what we think is right, what we think needs to happen in our cultural context. And uh, it's not really fitting with the Holy Spirit's truth because it's just not, it doesn't feel good. And so Paul was coming in and saying, no, 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 no. Like, this is wrong. And who made you God, <laughs> essentially, is what he's saying. He's like, who gave you this right to basically claim you are the truth. Like, that is not how it is going. And he gets fairly real here, even in this chapter. In this, in this whole book, he has some very poignant words to say, but 
in chapter 4 and verse 21, he's like, do you want me to come back with a rod and start just, just doing some work? Or do you want me to come with love and grace and truth? Like, you, you can feel his emotion, the attachment he has in this, because this is a, a church that he has helped grow through the Lord's hand um, in this time. And he's just seeing them just, just go their own way. So he has some investment in this. And I think, again, if we don't take a second or just stop and say, how does this apply to us right now in our culture? I think we're a little blind because there are some good, direct things that we can see that we can apply directly to what's happening here in 2020 in our U.S. church, not only just here at CFC, but just in the global church as well, that I think COVID has kind of shown and pulled the curtain away that maybe the faith that our U.S. church has been going, I'm not saying this like to every single thing, but what we're kind of seeing is maybe isn't as mature as what we thought it was. I believe that we have started to fall away from what God wants to speak to us through his Holy Spirit and his word, because we have God's word now. The church in Corinth did not have God's word. They were still reliant on the Holy Spirit for all things. We have his word. We have gotten really good at finding an opinion first that we like, that makes us like, oh, that, that, all, that all resonates, and then pickpocketing some little scriptures or whatnot to kind of like support it in a way. And then what we do is we like to lock in, and we say, I'm not going to change because this is my opinion, and I'm attached to it, so I'm going to defend it. If you bring up another perspective, you're dumb, you're probably not an American, you could be the Antichrist, maybe just Rosemary's baby, but you're just somebody who I can't stand right now, and you need Jesus, not me. And we get in these little tiffs and these personas of not allowing the Holy Spirit to refine who we are, and not allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth, because we've locked in to what we want. And that's what Paul is addressing here to the church in Corinth. As he's saying, you guys are locking in to your own opinions. You're locking in to the truth that you think is best. What I think is happening is the enemy, the devil, he's sitting back thinking like, sweet, the church is doing the job for me right now. Like, this is great. Like, they're causing disunity. They're, they're the ones that are just making this whole mess. Like, I can sit back by the lake of fire with my Mai Tai and just chill, right? That's what he's thinking. But what, I, what Paul was addressing is, no, no, no. Like, we need to grow in our faith. And part of growing is changing. But number one, it is listening to the Holy Spirit. It is being dependent on that. Not dependent on what we think is right, but truly submitting to what is God's Spirit testifying What I think we see sometimes is that the church is really no better than the world that we see out there. The, pol the political infighting that our world sees all the time, you turn the news on and you see it, the church is just mirroring that. We're not showing much change from the world. And again, that's what Paul's addressing right here to the church in Corinth. He's saying, you're not representing who you are. You're kind of showing more of who you were within your pagan culture, not who you are in Christ. So I want to jump now into 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and read verses 5 through 7. I'm going to be in the New Living Translation. And it says this, 
So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. Verse 6. Dear brothers and sisters, I have used Apollos and myself to illustrate what I've been saying. If you pay attention to what I've quoted from the scriptures, again, that's him saying like, hey, I've been reciting all of these Old Testament scriptures and things, you won't be proud of one of your leaders at the expense of another. He's saying, hey, your bashing back and forth is not what we're supposed to be doing. For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? If everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? So I think the first point that I want us to just think through and write in our journals is this. Are you alone or are we alone the bearer of all truth? And are you or are we listening to the truth, the Holy Spirit, God's worth? And I underlined truth, I think, on that slide. Yeah, because it's the Holy Spirit is the personhood of God. Are we listening to that truth? Not substituting the truth for that podcast or that article or this media outlet or this person or this Instagram account. Because I think, man, like right now, our culture, we're being pastored a lot by just random things within the news that we're watching or the posts that we're viewing or this article and that article. We're allowing that to shape our worldview rather than the Holy Spirit and God's word being testifying of that truth. And so we need to take a step back and say, whoa, 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 like, what is pastoring me right now? Is it the truth? Am I listening to the truth? And one of the biggest parts about listening, too, I believe, is means you have a relationship. We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is, it is a consistent line of communication. And Paul hits this time and time again throughout this letter about, are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Are you hearing the Holy Spirit? Like he is constantly bringing them back to this main thing. And I think we should take note of this as a church here in 2020. Like are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Are we listening to God's Spirit? Are we letting God's word really live out and bear truth in our lives? Or are we thinking that we are the bearer of all truth? See, God reveals truth, not a Facebook post as taken out of context. That does not reveal truth. That does not win someone to Christ. That does not bring people back to truth. I'm taking a step of liberty here, but maybe in 2020, um, if Paul was in this time, he might be telling the U.S. church, like, um, stop posting stupid stuff online. Yeah. Like, just... Just don't. You might be like, well, those cat videos are pretty funny. Like, you can keep posting those. Maybe he had a sense of humor like that. I don't know. But I, I think he would be very, very direct in saying, like, this is something that we probably shouldn't be doing. And it's not really helping our conversation as a church to show others the transformational power of God. So much like the church in Corinth is experiencing their prideful ways are not showing maturity in their walk. He mentions this again. He's like, you guys have been drinking this milk constantly. Like, you need to get the meat. You need to be transformed. You need to grow. It's not just this little moment. It is a lifestyle. 
And if you ever think about it, like, isn't it super creepy to see an adult drinking milk from a baby bottle? It's just like creepy, weird, like unappealing. It's just like, that's wrong, right? If you think about it too, what about the church? Are we showing an unappealing look to the world around us? They're just looking at it being like, you guys are drinking a bottle. Like, you're weird. <laughs> like, like, you're not showing transformation that God is doing in your life. And so our second point this morning is this. Are we showing the world that we have not been changed or are resistant to growth through God's spirit? Are we showing the world that we have not been changed or resistant to growth through God's spirit? And like I was saying before, COVID has really pulled the curtain back on the church, pulled the curtain back on just the, the U.S. church, and it really reveals some cracks that we've had that maybe we've been able to kind of cover up throughout our time. And I think the biggest one is it's shown a lack of unity. With every topic that has arisen in the last few months, whether it be face masks, regulations on meetings, racism, protests, riots, school, everything above and below, has been opportunities missed for the people of God to show unity, to show humility, and to show truth with love. Truth with love. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to agree on everything. And if we actually take into context Paul talking about Apollos and himself, he's basically saying you don't even have to be in the same political party to worship the same true God. You might be like, wait, what? Cooper, that's heresy. I'm literally speaking from the Bible and showing what Paul is giving as an example. He is saying you don't have to agree and follow the same person as long as you are going to the same true God and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal truth. That is what matters. And it made me think a little bit. So the, the, the Bible talks in Revelation about the end of, of days when this kind of world comes to an end that all the saints are going to come together and worship God. Saints from every generation, every culture, every demographic, those who have trust and faith in Jesus. And it always makes me think, like, is it going to be, like, people from medieval times with, like, big armor on and, like, swords and, like, praising Jesus and, like, people from the future, like, flying in on little hoverboards and stuff? Like, what's it going to look like, right? But what we do know is we're going to be all together worshiping the one true God. And if we can't even attempt to do that here on earth, then we have shown the world that the transformational power of the gospel through God's Holy Spirit is not really that powerful because we still care about what we want. And that's what Paul is hitting home. He's like, you guys are missing it. You guys are missing the transformational power of what God can do in your life and for you to show the world with. And so just like our memory verse that April shared, I'm going to share it in a different translation, says this in verse 20 of chapter 4. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. And it kind of begs the question, what does power mean to us? Maybe immediately you think of the image of like a David and Goliath. Like, you know, that David just slain the big old Goliath, and that's God's power taking him down. Sure. Or maybe it is a powerful image of Christ 
laying his life down and not winning in the moment. Him saying, your will be done, God, not my will be done. You have the victory, not me. That is power right there. That is huge, huge power. That is gospel transformational power. And for some, it may look different from what you want than what you need. That's kind of our last little point. We all need gospel power. It may look different from what you want than what you need. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need. And it may look different from what you think you want. Well, I want more boldness to be bold out in society and claim truth. Maybe God wants to do something else in your life. Maybe the Holy Spirit says, let's pull the reins back on that. Let's do this a different way. So gospel power may look different from what you want than what you need. It's not what I want. It's, again, Lord, have your way. In verse 21, the end of the chapter, again, Paul has kind of given them the ultimatum. He says, which do you choose? Should I come with a rod to punish you or should I come with love and a gentle spirit? And our series is called The Church Growing in Truth and Love. That's Paul's heart is that he gives truth with love. He has this balance. And that's our heart too as this church that we are living in that tension and that balance of truth and love. It's not easy, which is why we need the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to give us a mind, to be transformed, like it says, metanoia, to be transformed continually by what God is doing in his Holy Spirit. That's what Paul is doing right here, is he's bringing the truth, but in a very loving way. I believe he's also modeling the reconciliation that Christ has already done on the cross, where he's reconciled all people and all things to God. And so part of that gospel power is that through the Holy Spirit, we can also model that reconciliation outwardly. To say, I've been reconciled with God, so to live that out in our context as well. So our last question is this. What area in my life still needs reconciliation? What area in my life still needs reconciliation? Still needs that transformational power, that Holy Spirit power as ridding out those areas that I'm still holding on to, that I still think are mine, my way, not the Lord's way. So what area in my life still needs reconciliation? Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise, and we are so blessed to have your word give us direction and to give us teaching and to give us correction in all the things, Lord. Without it and without your Holy Spirit, we're lost. And evermore in this present time of COVID-19 and political circus, Lord, we need your truth living out of our life through your Holy Spirit. So God, let us be honest. Let us think through these questions. Speak to us, Lord, and let us be vulnerable. God, you are a very personable God. You know exactly what needs to be spoken to each person here in this room, at home, watching online. Everywhere, Lord, you know exactly what needs to be spoken. So speak that truth through your Holy Spirit, Lord. 
God, as we continue to live our life in this world of brokenness, let your gospel transformational power be shown, be modeled in all that we do. That there would be no, no doubt that the Lord is changing things in our lives. That we're not perfect, that there is grace, but we are submitting to your truth and allowing that to speak out. And we're turning from and repenting from our old ways. So Lord, we give you praise in this moment. And we pray this in your mighty, mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, what we do for our live stream is we put a slide that has a couple of questions that just kind of plays for people um, at home. But I want you, even here in person, um, to be thinking through, like, what is God speaking to me? How am I going to live this out in my life? And to truly, like, just marinate on these things. Because um, this Christian life is not just a Sunday thing, right? It is a 24-7 thing in every situation. And we are a work in progress. We are not perfect, which is why, and I think Paul hits this again and again, we need the Holy Spirit constantly, consistently to just let us know what to do. Because <laughs> there's so many times, I don't know about you, if you're just like, I have no idea what to say, what to do, like, what is going on, right? And that's where we have to take that step back and say, Lord, like, your will be done. Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm just your vessel, right? Well, hey, if you need prayer for anything, I'll be up here available. Um, but thanks for coming, and we will see you next week or um, online later. So um, yeah, be blessed. We will see you, and um, have a good rest of your day.